Welcome to the best of the Nick Brown Show, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's your host, Nick Brown. Now I have to go to Hueytown, Alabama's favorite son, the guy who always buys my dinner when I'm in Birmingham, and that's Lynn Scarborough in Starkville, Mississippi. Good morning, Lynn. Hey, man, Nick, I'm doing, doing, doing great. I, uh... I'm parked uh, in a parking lot outside Davis Wade Stadium, and uh, when we get off the air, I'll be heading over the elevator and going up to the press box. So I'm uh, ready for it. It's a beautiful day here. Yeah. Once again, it's those days when you say there's not a cloud in the sky, and I'm looking around, and I literally think there's not a cloud in the sky. Well, it's so, uh, going to be a great day for football, and we'll start with that game right there. Auburn got much-needed uh, victory last weekend over the Warhawks of ULM. The offense looked good. And now you go back, and what do you expect today from the Tigers and the Bulldogs? Well, historically, Auburn doesn't play well against Mississippi State. Uh, Auburn's got a gigantic margin in the in the uh, series. They won like 70, and Mississippi State's won like 25 or something. I mean, it's an overwhelming uh, favoritism toward Auburn. But Auburn doesn't play well. A lot of their wins have not been impressive wins. I was on the sideline over here for the entire game for the most unexciting game I've ever seen, the Auburn 3-2 to win over Mississippi State a number of years ago. Uh, Lord, I hope we don't have that again today. But but Auburn doesn't play well against, against State, even though they usually win. They've lost three out of the last four to Mississippi State. And, um, I, you know, it's a, it's a big game for both teams. One of these teams gets its second conference loss and more or less officially drops out of the race for the, for the division championship and a New Year's Day Bowl. The winner uh, has only got one conference loss and um, and still you know, technically is in the race and, and is in a position probably get pretty good bowl bid. So it's a, it's a lot on the line today, as there is in, in a lot of games around the conference this weekend. Um, I, I think Auburn has proven itself probably to be a better team than Mississippi State. That, you know, Auburn has already played three teams that were ranked in the top uh, 20 when they played them. Uh, you know, their two losses are to Clemson and Texas A&M. That's number three and number eight right now. And, uh, of course, LSU was, was right when Auburn beat them. Uh, so, you know, not many not many teams have played three more difficult opponents already this early in the season than, uh, than LSU, Texas A&M, and, and Clemson. With that being said, I expect a really good game out of Mississippi State. Um, I think the, uh, you know, the, having Jack Prescott gone, they're kind of answered that. Uh, it's their, you know, they're playing reasonably well there. They played LSU a good game in Baton Rouge. So I, I expect a really tough game. I, I think Auburn will win just because Auburn's got a better team or appears to, but that doesn't always, in this in this case, uh, make a difference. And it, it, could be a, it could be a very tight ball game. It wouldn't shock me if Mississippi State won it, but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I think Auburn will win the game. Well, I'm going to say two negatives, and two negatives don't equal a positive here today for the Auburn Tigers. Number one, you're right, they don't play well in Starkville. And number two, they haven't played well in 11 a.m. kickoff games in recent memory. So, and, and by the way, there's nothing more irritating than the sound of a cowbell. So that's three negatives. So I'm going to say those are those are factors are against Auburn today. Well, I agree. I agree with everything you said. But but still, when you know, you still got to get down to who's who's had the most highly rated players and who's had the best recruiting classes and and which teams of uh, which which team has played against the toughest competition and Auburn. Auburn will be the winner in those, you know, in those categories of, of evaluating. You know, Auburn will come out on top. 
Again, I, I think Auburn would win the game, but I, I expect it to be close, and it would not surprise me at all to see Mississippi State win. So you did agree with me that there's nothing more irritating than a cowbell? I actually wrote a column about that one time. Uh, I, wrote, I wrote a column that if Mississippi State was going to be able to use uh, cowbells as their artificial uh, noise maker, that Tennessee, because they're on a river, uh, they should be able to bring in uh, the horn from tugboats. And uh, any time that they can they should be able to use tugboat horns and that if it's fair for one team, I had no problem with Mississippi State being able to have cowbells. But if so, uh, Tennessee needs to be able to have tugboat horns. And uh, if they weren't going to do that, let's have a level playing field and treat everybody the same. Okay. Uh, I, I did. I got a lot of favorable responses from everybody except people that are Mississippi State fans. Well, you know, you know, Lynn. Here's the thing: if you will send me that article, I will print it out with high quality paper and I will frame it and, and put it up in my room. So I would certainly. Hey, listen, if, I, if I've still got the thing saved on the Internet, I'll, I'll find it and send it to you. Well, since you brought up Tennessee, Rocky Top, Butch Jones, they survive on the road in Athens. And could Tennessee be the Auburn of 2013? Slow starts, find a way to win games. But today they run up against the Aggies of Texas A&M and Kevin Sumlin, number nine versus number eight. Yeah, well, of course, they've already considerably done better than or, or done better, had more fortune than Auburn. Uh, am I not right that Tennessee has trailed in all five of their games by at least 17 points and won all? Lynn, none of our listeners ever doubt you. If you say it, it is the case. You're the guy from I, National I, I, Treasure. I know, it's, I know it's true in four of them, and I think in, I think in every single game, and you know, Auburn nor anybody else I can think of has ever been behind by those huge margins and won every ball game. And some of them in the dramatic fashion that they've won them. I tell you what, it's day for I've covered games at Kyle Field. And that's a, a tough place. This the twelfth man thing with that stadium rocking. It's it's not an illusion. That's a real deal. And uh, it's a by the way, that's a palace of a football uh, stadium. Anybody ever gets a chance to go out and see a game at A&M, you need to go. It's a it's a magnificent facility. They've got there. The twelve man twelve man is tough. It's it's legit. And um, if, if Tennessee gets behind by seventeen today, I think the question is just the margin of their loss. Uh, you know, A&M. The, the offense is is, uh, is doing well. The uh, quarterback and, and running back transfer are doing well. They've got the best wide receivers in the conference. Uh, you know, you can make a case maybe the best overall group in the in the country with Ricky Shields Jones and Stevie Noel and those guys. And then they got probably got the two best defensive ends on one team in the country. Miles Garrett, uh, you know, probably best defensive player in the, in the whole United States. And because you have to spend so much time on him that the defensive end on the other side of the ball. Uh, other side of the line plays well too. Uh, I, you know, I like I like A&M to win this ball game. I'm not taking anything away from Tennessee. They're a good a good team. Got an unusual circumstance here, Nick, in that the three undefeated teams in the conference right now are A&M, Tennessee, and Alabama. And in the next three weeks, those three teams play each other. Most times that wouldn't happen because Tennessee's regular Western Division opponent is Alabama. But this year, by the luck of the draw. Their other rotating Western Division opponent is Texas A&M. Today, Tennessee plays A&M. Next week, Alabama plays Tennessee. And the next week, A&M plays Alabama. So the three teams play each other. Each one of them has a home game. Each one of them has an away game. So if one of those teams can, can go 2-0, and then there's probably your, your favorite uh, to, to be the Southeast Conference champion. Uh, whichever one goes 0-2 is out of the race. If every home team won, let's say, so they go one, one, and one, then uh, you still don't have a clear division here. 
and it sets up a situation where the Southeastern Conference could get shut out of the Final Four at the end of the year because of parity, according to the way that the other things can go. But you've got like 15 or 16 undefeated teams or something like that right now. So uh, so the, the, the parity and the uh, playing each other here of the three undefeated teams could end up hurting the Southeastern Conference according to the way that uh, significant games go into the conference. Well, let's turn to one. We've got a listener that's already sent me pictures this morning up in Fayetteville, Arkansas. you got the number one ranked Alabama Crimson Tide taking on the 16th ranked Arkansas Razorbacks. And how do you see this one play now? Talking to Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine. Lynn takes you to 10 every Saturday morning on the Nick Brown Show. I like Alabama. Uh, Alabama, you know, I feel like the team ought to have the right to, to be ranked and defend its championship until they prove they shouldn't be. At this point, nobody's proven that Alabama shouldn't be. Arkansas, and I'm going to tell you anything away from Arkansas, they're a better team than I thought they were. I, I very much admit that. However, uh, your guys right there, Louisiana Tech, uh, very well could have beaten them in Fayetteville to start the season. You can make a case that they should have. Uh, they, they win at TCU. We've talked about it on your show before. By the flukest of deals, Arkansas puts a six foot ten offensive lineman in to, uh, uh, on a kicking, uh, on a field goal for TCU, and, and he blocked it. You know, how many 16 offensive linemen have ever blocked a field goal? Well, they did, and, and therefore they win the game. But this is more or less an easy field goal by TCU. If they kick that, you know, Arkansas could have already lost three ball games. So uh, I think Alabama's clearly a better team. Um, you know, Arkansas is a decent place to play. they got a good home crowd, nice stadium, and they are playing on the road. If you remember two years ago, Alabama just beat them like 14 to 13 or something like that. And uh, and they had an extra point. Uh, Arkansas had an extra point block. And Arkansas is going in for what would have been the winning touchdown, and their guy fumbles. If you remember, they fumbled the ball, and it could have fumbled so that somebody could have fallen on it, but he fumbled it, and it bounces all the way through the end zone for a touchback. And they lose the ball game after having an extra point block and fumbling away to win in touchdown. So, Arkansas played them well up there, but everybody makes such a big deal about Alabama's beating Tennessee nine in a row. They beat Arkansas nine in a row. So, you know, will this be the day Arkansas turns that around? I, I really don't see it. It's still an Arkansas team that you know has a new quarterback and replacing their tight end, replacing their running backs, and you know, I just I, I think Alabama's too strong for them. It, it would a minute ago I said it wouldn't surprise me, wouldn't shock me if uh, if A and M, I mean if. Uh, I'm going to turn to, and you know it's funny that you say that, because uh, the donut man on the show is a Mississippi State fan, and I've got a Mississippi State fan and an Ole Miss fan in the house, and certainly he needs to keep Chad Kelly away from high school football games. I don't know if you had a chance to see that last night. Was that not, was that not unbelievable? It was unbelievable, I tell you. Chad but, uh, Kelly, who has done a few things in the past that he shouldn't have done, and it looks like he's cleaned his act up, so all he does is, is go get involved in a brawl at a high school game. Give me a break, but that's another story. Well, I want to tell you real quick, we got several other games to talk about, but I want to just for a minute touch on a stat that you made me seem smarter, which that's what you are when you listen to Lynn Scarborough. Lynn takes you to 10 every Saturday morning. You were so prophetic on the 444.8 yards allowed by Western Kentucky and Louisiana Tech that uh, – Certainly I told everyone in the stands, and I gave you credit to half the people that I talked to. The other half, I, I claimed it as my own fact. 
but boy, certainly saw a thrill. And you talk about the three to two game, and that's what we were talking about this morning. You watched the three to two game in Starkville and was bored out of your mind. I watched the fifty five to fifty two game at Joe Stadium in Ruston, Louisiana, and certainly enjoyed every minute of it. Hey, I'm going to give you and I a little credit too. Anybody in the audience that listened to the Conference USA report on Thursday afternoon, we we nailed that ball game, Nick. I mean, we took Louisiana Tech to win the game in a close one to, to stop Western Kentucky's streak to get Louisiana Tech right back in the conference race. And we even made fun of the over-under, which I believe was at 54. 65, and, 60, and yeah. 55. And I think what we said was that that was either going to be the halftime line or it was going to be the line, uh, I mean, the, the score or the score for one team. But I think there was like 52 points scored in the first half. And both teams almost scored 55. So uh, we miss a lot of them, but we pretty well nailed the Louisiana Tech Western Kentucky game. Yes, we did. And now I want to get to uh, we're going to talk about Georgia and South Carolina, but I know you have a lot of strong opinions on this next one, and that's LSU at Florida. That game has been postponed. Lynn, I want to just ask you this question because it looks like your idea of uh, buying out the Presbyterian and South Alabama game is not going to be a reality. And I don't blame LSU. I don't blame Florida for not wanting to come to Baton Rouge. I don't blame LSU for not wanting to play on November 19th because they've got a game with Texas A&M on the 24th. Should the commissioner have taken a stronger stance on where this game was going to be played? And I ask you this question. If LSU runs a table and beats Arkansas and Ole Miss, at that point after those two games, I think LSU should reconsider playing that game with uh, Florida on November 19th? Here's the problem I have with it, Dick. Okay. And I, 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 you know, I've talked to several people about this, and I, I, I'm not going to name who, but I talked to somebody that's associated with LSU uh, that's pretty you know, inside on this because I wanted to get the LSU take uh, before kind of finalizing my opinion. You always want to err on the side of caution. Uh, uh, safety is the most important thing. And so what I'm going to say, I don't. I want to give a caveat there, so that what I'm going to say doesn't sound like it's contradicting that. Uh, safety is absolutely important. However, I suspect I'm not. I'm not down there right now, but I suspect you can have people uh, out uh, on the golf courses in Gainesville or out throwing frisbees outside the stadium right now. Um, I, why not? Why not follow precedent? Two or three years ago, might have been last year, there was a hurricane situation where South Carolina was endangered and they were going to be playing LSU. And my memory is that rather than cancel a game, it was a non-conference game, that's a different matter. But it's a conference game that can determine who goes to bowl games, who gets, who has enough wins. Do you go to a New Year's Day game? It, can, it could be millions of dollars involved. It could theoretically mess up. Uh, you know, a conference uh, division on who's going to play in the SEC championship. They moved that game to, to Baton Rouge. Well, you had the option to move the game to Baton Rouge. If you don't want to move it to Baton Rouge, move it to the Georgia Dome. Move it to a neutral field site. Or delay the game till Sunday, which is what they did with Georgia and South Carolina. So you have a precedent that has been done in the past within your own conference with a very similar situation, a hurricane, and you moved it to another site so you didn't lose the game. You had the same situation this weekend with the same hurricane. And South Carolina and Georgia, 
They didn't play uh, today where if it's going to be in danger, they're going to play it tomorrow evening. So move the game back to Sunday night or move it to another stadium or move it to a neutral site. Put it off until Monday. But don't cancel the game three days in advance before you have any idea where the storm's going to be. And what is, what happened is that you're now going to have a situation. Let's take Florida. You said that about, about LSU. LSU's in a di- very difficult division. They're in a division where er- every team could beat each other theoretically. I mean, uh, you've got, you got you know, half a dozen good teams in, in the, that division. But look at Florida. Florida just, just potentially has canceled a game that won't be replaced against LSU. Let's say LSU would have won that ball game and given Florida a second loss. All right, let's say that now Florida beats Georgia, who is a very beatable team. We've already seen that. They could easily have lost four or five games already. And let's say that, that uh, Tennessee loses at Texas A&M and loses to Alabama, both of which could very easily happen. Then Tennessee's got two losses. Florida's got one. The LSU loss could have been the second loss, and Tennessee would have had the tiebreaker. There's no other team in the ACC East that's going to beat Florida. Now, I think, doesn't Florida play Arkansas? I believe you're correct. I will check it up and let you know in just a minute. And that is my whole point of the commissioner needs to take a stroke. Yeah, Arkansas would be the monkey wrench on this, but not playing this ball game could, I think, it's, easy, I think it's more likely to help Florida than to help LSU. That uh, if, if that loss were to be there, whoever doesn't lose this game, I'm, I'm afraid for LSU fans that LSU is going to lose a, a few more ball games. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But Florida, Florida, with the defense they got, they can be in a catbird seat here. Uh, if you know, now, and Arkansas, if they play at Arkansas, and I think they do, they, they may lose that ball game. But it, it's certainly a situation where very important championship ramifications and financial ramifications could be involved in this happening. And we've got proof already because of the SEC's own precedents, both both in the past and what they've done with George South Carolina game. Uh, at least wait a couple of days. You know, don't make a decision before you have to on something that's got that much significance. Exactly right. What you said, could the commissioner come in and force this game to be played if the situations, like you just said, unfolded? And I can tell you, if LSU were to defeat Alabama and Ole Miss, obviously the Bayou Bengals would want to play the game. And then Tennessee fans certainly if this game is not played, the Tennessee ball fans will become the biggest Arkansas Razorback fans in the country for that one weekend in November. Absolutely. It's just a, it's just a shame, Nick, that it's been put in this position, and in my opinion is that it's been put in this position unnecessarily. But, I mean, you know, again, you, you never want to come, come out like you're coming out against safety, so I'm, I'm hesitant. You know, to put myself in that position, that's why I gave so much of a caveat before I gave my explanation. Well, I tell you, if they would just listen to me, they build a stadium in your backyard, UAB uses it, you go back to the old doubleheaders that they used to have at Legion Field, therefore the SEC has some ownership in the stadium, and what you have like today, a 40,000-seat stadium on the campus of UAB, partially funded by the Southeastern Conference, then you have a doubleheader, you've got a neutral site location, you've got all the infrastructure to host that game, and so you could have... Florida and LSU meeting today in Birmingham, so you don't have to reschedule it with an NFL team. You don't have to move with a college team and finding hotels, and therefore you have it right there in Birmingham on weather games because it's going to be an issue. That would be my solution to the entire situation. There were a whole lot of options that were available, 
enjoy visiting with you, and I want you to enjoy the game today. Don't want you to get in the stadium too late. You go in and give the great coverage that Lindy's always does, and, and hey, put some earplugs in and don't listen to those cowbells. Listen, listen. Well, you know, if I'm, the, the part of the time I'm up in the press box, I think they're going to have that closed up, so maybe maybe I won't have to hear them up in the press box. All right, Lynn. Certainly appreciate you joining this morning, and uh, look forward to talking to you again next week. All right, Dick. Talk to you soon. That was Lynn Scarber from Lindy's Magazine. He's out covering the Auburn-Mississippi State game in Starkville, Mississippi. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Nick Brown Show. Tune in live every Saturday on ESPN977.com or subscribe to the show in iTunes on Stitcher or at redpeachsports.com.